welcome to 12.1. My name is Amy Kirkpatrick, and today we're talking about our first cars, all the memories and all the moments that have shaped our lives and help us to become who we are. Everybody remembers their first car. Heck, they remember their second and their third. That's true. It seems like memories are always made in our young 20s when we're in our teens and we have our first vehicle and we have a billion firsts in those cars. We have moments of great downfall, stupid mistakes, uh, the smartest things we've ever done, the best memories we've ever had. Our vehicles are definitely a place where we get to figure out who we are and we experience life. Maybe it's moments with the windows down and music blaring as a car full of friends or singing friends in low places. Or the moment you had to dive into your car because a bear came into your campsite. Or the time you actually tied down the Christmas tree to the roof of your car with your mother, but actually took rope through the car windows instead of actually tying it to the top of the car. So you had to dive into the windows like Dukes of Hazard, just less graceful. Yes, those stories are real, though they didn't all happen in my car. My first car actually wasn't all that memorable. Uh, it wasn't my favorite car. It wasn't something I was super excited about. I didn't drive it very long. But I did have a black NS 1600 Nissan, and I bahawed that car through the wooded trails of California. And I camped off dozens of dirt roads, and I crammed 10 people in the back and watched movies at the drive-ins. That car defined my early college years and cemented memories that I will laugh about for the rest of my life. But every car has its fits and moments when it needs massive repairs. There isn't a vehicle on the planet that doesn't have at least one issue in its lifetime. We all know that good maintenance helps our vehicles to last. We know that. Oil changes, tire rotations, new brakes, windshield wiper replacements. We all know the drill. We know the things. We all do them. Open any owner's manual and it'll tell you every detail in English and Spanish, if you need it, on how to take good care of your vehicle. Have a warning light flashing in your car? Your owner's manual will know what to do. My husband and I spent $2,000 this past year alone doing all the service work we needed to ensure that we keep up with our warranties. Good maintenance comes with sacrifice and it comes with time and painful hours at the service department. Or if you're old fashioned enough to do the oil change yourself, you can always do that. But we know the drill. We know how much it costs. We know the sacrifice that comes with good maintenance, but we know it comes with the maintenance. We know why we do it. Have you ever had a car that was the exception to the rule? My Have you ever had a car that was the exception to the rule? I had a 2003 Honda Accord and it had issues from the moment I laid eyes on her. Well, I guess I thought she was okay and then it very quickly became clear that after I had purchased it, after I couldn't return it, that she had some serious things going on. She had only 18,000 miles on her, but when I brought her home, within a few days I could tell that her paint job wasn't factory made and was more the rattle can kind. Paint started to chip off early and often, and within a year she was missing most of the paint off her bumper. Well, both bumpers. That was the start of a humbling experience of being in my young 20s and having a car that looked like I just drove it out of the impound lot. Later, the radio went out, the doors stopped locking, the trunk stopped opening, and my favorite feature actually turned out to be kind of cool was when I opened the doors, I never had to push the clo- uh, them closed to shut. They automatically swung back and closed softly. As far as beauty and prestige go, she was a mess. But my little black beauty never had a lick of maintenance. I peri- periodically... 
I periodically did oil changes as money allowed and breaks when it got desperate. But other than that, I never spent a dime on her. Nothing. She truly was the perfect car. Maintenance wise. She humbled me when I started to get too proud. She kept running when money was tight and I couldn't afford to lose her. She taught me to enjoy silence when her stereo went out and she gave me a quiet place to work through life when I needed to get away. I cried hard the day I turned it in for a brand new vehicle. Every single mile of her 256,000 miles was a blessing from God. I cried in gratitude for God's provision, for the memories of bringing home my son from the hospital, for the first days with our new dog, and memories with my old girl Lucy, who went on every adventure I ever had. I cried for all the times I piled my athletes in the car to go to track meets and laughed about the most random stuff, the times I drove home blasting praise music, and the times when I wept in my absolute darkest moments. A car can be a transportation device. But for some, especially those in their 20s, it can be a spot to live out life, make memories, and figure out who the heck you are. Our vehicles are important to us. Some of us vacuum our cars out the second a piece of sand falls in between the seats. Some of us bring our dogs along and we groan as it gets scraped up. But we all care for our cars and the investment that we put into them. What I find interesting is that very few of us invest in ourselves the way we invest in our cars. In a world that is becoming more and more self-focused, we want to be lifted up, but we don't want to do the maintenance to become better human beings. We want all the glory without the work. As followers of Christ, we have committed ourselves to caring less about our own glory, which means that we're also committing to working on dying to ourselves and working to be more like Christ. So what do I mean by that? What does it mean to do maintenance? Well, God created an owner's manual for us to know exactly how to walk through this fallen world with every hardship, hurt, and struggle. He's given us the instructions on what to do when we have a warning light going off. We know. We, we can read about it. Our Bibles help us to know what to do next once there's a problem. We're also given the ability to speak directly to our inventor, designer, and maker. If you were broken down on the side of the road and the mechanic who designed your vehicle came over to help, would you turn him away? No, of course not. You're, you'd be crazy if you did. No, you would allow him to help. You'd ask questions. You'd watch what he was doing for next time. We need to talk with God. The more time you spend with him, the more time you get to know his desires and his character. So that when you need to make a decision, you already know what he might say, what he might do. You already have a feeling of what he feels about what you would ask him, what you would do. The Bible conditions us to understand him more and to react to this world the way he would. We all know about the basic maintenance of reading the Bible and saying our prayers. Those are the oil changes, the brakes, and the tire alignments that we all know we need. But what about the deep cleaning? Every car needs to be detailed once in a while. It's good for us to take time to allow God to vacuum the deep crevices of our, of our hearts. The old french fries of shame that have fallen in the cracks of being too busy and being too self-absorbed. We all need God to find every small pebble that has accumulated under our petals or the gushy stuff that collects in our cup holders. Sometimes we need to sit with God and ask him to find anything within us that needs to be removed. We need to ask him to cleanse our hearts and release us from that dark matter that is thriving within our own lives. Some of us have an entire ecosystem living within our car. Small things that gained life of their own and eventually built up bigger and bigger until suddenly it's no longer a quick cleanup, but something that only God can handle. I remember a point in life when I took pride in my ability to push through heartache. I guess you could say I was good at stuffing my true feelings. But isn't that just a lack of maintenance? Isn't that just taking pride in how well we can ignore ourselves and keep kicking? I don't know about you, but it doesn't sound healthy. It doesn't sound good, though I was very prideful about it. Meanwhile, an ecosystem is starting to flourish where anxiety is starting to feed on our fear. And stress is starting to cohabitate with the fear, which is creating a breeding ground for frustration. That's what an ecosystem is. 
It's a bunch of different things teaming together to create an entire life cycle. Well, we can do that with our own emotions, with our own hurts and our our brokenness, that we can create an ecosystem of mess that only God can fix. Sure, our vehicles are still moving down the road, but at what point are we going against everything that our designer has crafted for us? At what point are we hoping to be an anomaly where we are banking on the fact that we won't need any of that God stuff and we will somehow find peace and joy and hope within the fallen world? Isn't that why we came to God in the first place? Because we wanted God to lead us through this messed up world? Because we wanted his freedom, his peace, and the eternity that was promised to us? So why do we crave to be transformed? Why do we pour so much time and money into our cars and trucks, yet we care so little about spending time focused on God? or studying his word, or taking a spiritual vacation just to get some serious maintenance done. Like any mechanic, we all need God to do a 3,000 point inspection. We all need him to use his hands to fine tune us. I encourage you to not give up on the regular maintenance of your faith. We can't blame anyone when we are an emotional or spiritual mess. We alone need to read the manual, do the work, go seek help if needed, and spend time with the one who designed us. Father God, I want to just pray for every single person that's listening as well as for myself, Lord. We cannot, we cannot live this life without you. You are our creator, our designer, our maker. You know exactly how you designed us and made us, Lord, and the way that you helped us to tick, how our engines run, how our hearts long for our own desires, for things that are not healthy for us, things that hurt us, Lord. You alone know what needs to happen in our lives to help us to be cleansed of the things that are holding us back, that are helping us to be blind, the things that are um, clogging us up and keeping us from being able to walk the way you want us to walk through this world as a light, as a reflector of who you are, Father. I pray, Lord, that you'll help every single one of us just to come to you, to get down on our knees and be willing to ask for you to cleanse us, to come in with your vacuum, come in with your cleaning supplies, your rags and your brushes. I pray, Lord, that you would come into every single nook and cranny, that you would find every little piece of ugliness that's within us, that is causing uh, things to grow and take root in our heart that should never be there, Lord. You alone know what we need. You alone uh, know what we need to add into our lives or to take away, Lord. And so I pray, Father, that you would draw us in closer, that you would help us to find a time, find a priority, find a heart to want to do the daily maintenance, that you would teach us how for all of us that are struggling to know how to get into your word or how to pray with you or how to get into praise or um, how to have just quiet time, how to settle our hearts. We, We all are so busy. It's hard just to be quiet and just to hear you talk. But Father, I believe that you can teach each and every single one of us that you have the answers, that you know how to equip us and give us the wisdom and the knowledge we need, Father, to be able to do that, to be able to be close to you. That's what you crave. That's what you want of us, Lord. So please teach us, draw us in closer, show us how we can live a life that is that is dedicated to you and we are able just to um, do the maintenance that we need every single day. Father God, you are the great mechanic. You're the great healer. You are the great physician, Lord, and we trust that you have us. And I just pray that you will help us turn our hearts towards you to do the work that we know you can do. Father God, you are good in every way. We love you with all our hearts, and we pray this in your amazing and powerful name.
Hey guys, thank you so much for listening. I hope you liked this episode. Please feel free to subscribe, like, leave a comment. Uh, All that stuff helps other people find this podcast. So thank you so much for doing that. If you have any questions, comments, or is there something that you would like to hear me talk about, feel free to email me at 121podcast at gmail.com. Again, that's 121podcast at gmail.com. I appreciate each of you and I hope you guys have a blessed day.